Welcome to ASHTA Resource Q&A. We're taking time to discuss construction materials testing and inspection with people in the know. From exploring testing problems and solutions to laboratory best practices and quality management, we're covering topics important to you. Now, here's our host, Brian Johnson. Welcome to Ashto Resource Q&A. I'm Brian Johnson, and with me as always, Kimberly Swanson, producer and co-host. Great to be here as always, Brian. And we have another FAQ episode today, and that is me asking you the questions. Are you excited? I am excited. I love these because I do love to talk, which is that why I am the host of this podcast. You do like to talk. So let's just jump right in. This FAQ today is, what do I do if I want to be accredited for a test that I don't see offered? Well, that's a good question. And the answer is that you have to tell us about it. So tell us if we are not providing, and this goes for anything, if there's anything that we're not providing that you are hoping that we could provide, you need to let us know about it. We actually have a process called change management that we have adopted several years ago, whereby it allows us to consider potential changes that are recommended either internally or externally to our services. We consider all of the inputs and potential interested parties and risks associated with making those changes. And we develop a plan and we implement it and we train our staff. There's a lot that goes into adding a test. It's not something we can simply just say on the fly, well, well, the assessor's here, we wanna add this test, maybe they can just read it over and see if we're doing it right. We don't do that. You know, Maybe a long time ago we would have been able to do that, but that's not the way it works anymore. It's a much more controlled process, which has improved the quality of our services. If you have thought about implementing change management in your own company, I would suggest you do it, even though it does come with it uh, some growing pains. And we are still, after several years, evolving and trying to figure out how to be more effective and efficient in our implementation of changes. Yes. So how often do we add new tests to our programs? I'd say it happens quarterly or maybe half a year. So our change management rollout periods are quarterly. And we try to bundle them together so that we don't overwhelm our staff with a bunch of different changes throughout the year that they have to go back and remember because they like i said they have to do training you know so there may be a training course either online or in person that they have to go through to get up to speed on those new standards that we're adding to the program so yeah it is quarterly and I will say this, not every test that's suggested or recommended or asked for is going to be added to the program. We actually have a, um, a database, well, it's an Excel file. It's a, it's a low budget database. It, it, it's an Excel file that our quality manager maintains and we all have access to it on the management team. And when we get a request for a test, we can either email it to our quality manager, Tracy Barnhart, or we can add it directly. Like, for example, I get a lot of these requests, so I will add them directly. And when I do that, I'll look to see if we have other similar requests. And if we do, I will let Maria, the manager of the laboratory assessment program, know if it's for Ashto resource scopes of assessment, if it is a CCRL-related 
issue like concrete cement masonry, I will let CCRL know about it. But we will maintain it in that table and we will evaluate it as a management group and see if there are opportunities for us to add services that our customers really need. We also consider trends. So there was a test, I can't remember which number it was, which designation in ASDM, but it was a soil test. We all of a sudden were getting a bunch of requests for it. So I looked at the table, we had other similar ones. We had other verbal requests for it that I wasn't party to that were also going on. So that one got moved up because all of a sudden there was some specifier. I'm not, I can't remember who it was, but somebody was requiring laboratories to maintain accreditation for this standard that we didn't offer. Therefore, it was appropriate for us to add that to our services. And, and we are going through that process right now. So once we've decided to add a test to our scopes, what are some of the steps? You don't have to go through the whole change management process, but what are the, some of the big steps so people understand why it's not just a, oh, easy thing to add? Okay, well, I mentioned the training of staff. There's also internal procedures that we follow for um, adding them to our system. So we have laboratory assessment worksheets that have to be created. We have a fee sheet that has to be updated. No, it's not like a piece of paper. It's a, it's like a database that needs to be updated. Uh, that's complicated too, but that has to be managed correctly. Management has to agree that it makes sense for us to add it because of the resources that go into adding the standard to our services. We also have something relatively new that you are involved with as communications manager at the end of the process where we post standards that we've recently added to our program. And I believe you do that quarterly. Is that correct? That's the goal there. Yeah. That's the goal. That's well, we the just goal. started doing it, right? When did we start yeah. doing that? I don't know. I don't remember. It's It's been slowly happening. But yeah, the goal is to make sure that we update that or I update that quarterly. And now you can check to see if I'm accurate in that. But yes, that, <laughs> that is the goal <laughs> to do that quarterly. I would just like to acknowledge that the tables have been turned and I am now asking you the questions. I didn't sign up for this one this, this time, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, though, that is an added benefit to the change management process is we've figured out some things that we can do better. When we're putting together our change management order, it's almost like a, a sheet, like an order sheet, a punch list of things that we need to do to make sure that this change is implemented. There's communication items on there. There's document items on there. I mentioned training already. We make sure that we do it correctly. And one of the last things that we figured out is there was that missing piece of making sure our customers were aware that that is out there now so that they can request it when their next assessment is going on. So, or let's say that they just had one and they, they didn't realize that that standard was being offered, but when they see that news item, then they can say, Oh, I'd like to add that. How can we do that? And, you know, through the, uh, the magic of remote assessments, we can add that out, out of sequence for a relatively, uh, I would say, inexpensive and less time-consuming manner than what it used to be. So that is another benefit for all of the laboratories in the program that they can be made more aware of those new standards. So what's the best way a laboratory can request that we add 
a test or standard to our scope of services? Well, there are a number of ways they can do it. One of them is that they can just ask any of us on staff about it. They can say, I would really like to add this. What, what do we have to do? And then that kicks off the process. Another way that they can do it is when they're filling out their assessment request. If they are going and looking for standard that is not on there, they can put it in the comments at the end of the request form and say, we would also like to add this standard. And the contract reviewer should take that information and run with it and see if uh, if that's something that can be added or if it's going to at least get it into the process of change management. And so you said we can't add every test that or standard that is requested, that people request. Is there a magic threshold number that we need to have X requests for it before we add it to our scope? Not really, because it. I mean, we do really look at it uh, qualitatively too. You know, how much benefit is this going to provide to the industry or how important is this test? You know, there's some there's some tests that are kind of uh, antiquated that maybe maybe a couple people want them, and it's the same couple people that wanted some newer test. But the test doesn't really, you know, it's not going to be around much longer, and it really is kind of an insignificant one. There are ones out there like that, and we may say, nah, we don't really see much future in that one. So I don't think we're going to add that. And what we would say to the specifiers is just you know, consider this. No one is actually accredited for that. So there's really no competitive reason for any of you to want it. In the meantime, so you can just tell your specifier that we've decided not to add that to the program. And then that brings up that we often remove tests from our accreditation scope and assessment scopes as well. So we are looking at the list of things that we're offering, but we sometimes remove them. We sure do. We can see when standards are falling out of use by the lack of requests, lack of interest. And we're also involved in standards development activities and research activities that are going on. So we kind of see what's happening and see where things are trending. So we, we have dropped some tests that just have kind of fallen out of use or have been replaced by other standards. There are a couple out there that I'm, are kind of, we're kind of on the fence with, but there's some reason why these are still out there. There's one that comes to mind called the thin film oven. It's an aging test for asphalt binder. And it's kind of an old school test. It's got old equipment and it's just not used that much anymore. But we have a handful of labs that are still accredited for it. So we may end up contacting those laboratories and asking more questions about it. So that that is another part of the process that I neglected to mention. If, if we're thinking about dropping something, we'll reach out to those laboratories that still have it and say, you know, how important is this to you? If it is, please let us know more because... We don't want to pull a test out of the program if it's still really critical for those laboratories. But I'd say every time we've gone through the process of removing one, the response has been overwhelmingly positive. Like, oh, yeah, we, you can go ahead and get rid of that. It doesn't really matter. Uh, so that, that's been that's been good. All right. I think I asked all of the questions I had in my head about this. Is there something that I didn't ask that I should have? I want to talk about the inverse of what I just mentioned and that's tests that have fallen out of use or fallen out of standard publishing. Yeah, I should say that. They've, stall, they've fallen out of standards publishing, but they have not fallen out of use mm. and not by a long shot. And, and the most common one is it's ASTM D422 and ASTM D421. So that's the 
preparation and the particle size analysis or grain size analysis for soils using the it's a sieve and a hydrometer but it's a, a very old test and it has been discontinued by ASTM and the subcommittee intentionally stopped publishing it because they they came out with a newer version of the standard we've we've talked about this on the podcast before uh, with one of the D18 committee members in ASTM uh, Kendra Adams uh, so if you want to check that episode out yeah, season one, episode twenty-four. Yeah, so that'll that'll give you some insight into that one. But we are still accrediting for those because they are so popular. We still have hundreds of laboratories that need to be accredited for that or want to be accredited for that. So we will continue to offer accreditation for that standard, even though it's no longer being published, just because it is important to our customers and it's important to uh, at least one specifier out there that is relatively significant. Well, thank you so much for your time today answering this FAQ, Brian. Well, thanks for your questions. I'm glad that we were able to talk about this one. It it comes up every once in a while. People, there's a lot of confusion about when you know what are the parameters for acceptance you know, when we add something and and why don't we just drop tests as soon as they're dropped from standards publishing. So glad we got to talk about this. I hope everybody got a lot out of it. And if you have an FAQ you want us to answer or Brian to answer more likely, um, you can email us at podcast at ashtoresource.org or email Brian directly. Yeah, email me directly, bjohnson at ashtoresource.org. Thanks for listening to Ashto Resource Q&A. If you'd like to be a guest or just submit a question, send us an email at podcast at ashtoresource.org or call Brian at 240-436-4820. For other news and related content, check out Ashto Resources' Twitter feed or go to ashtoresource.org.